Welcome to the Intentifiers podcast. I'm your host, Jody Rye, bringing to you stories of intent from folks looking for more humanity in their workplaces through the lens of intentionality. Thanks for tuning in. When you and I were chatting, you said you wanted, when you saw the outline, you were thinking about um, purpose and sort of linking that concept to your life experiences and what you're about. Yeah. So where would you like to start? Um, well, I want to start by saying thank you for having me. Um, I love what you're up to, and I'm excited to be a part of this. I think purpose, There's, there's. it's a really big topic, mm-hmm. and I think it's been a bit of a hot topic in the world of employee experience. Um, there's been some great content put out um, by, by someone I'm a fangirl of, Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. And so he <laughs> talked about this idea of stop telling people to follow their passion okay and um and i i sort of glommed onto that idea and and it, it resonated with me on a number of levels i think the idea of following a passion can be really limiting and i started to think about why why does that feel so limiting mm-hmm. and and what do i feel is more encompassing and and what should we be thinking about instead yeah. um and the thing that came up for me was purpose okay can i ask um just as a quick step back uh was it a certain work that that you had read of um adam grant's or i know he's he was active in social media was there a- yeah his work-life podcast with ted in particular okay there was one around um stop telling people to follow their passion okay very cool and then he wrote a blog blog post as well okay they they uh complement each other okay so that sparked something for you it did and then your mind ended up going heart and mind went to exploring purpose yeah so it's it's interesting at um at Arcteric, so the company I work for, we went through uh, an organizational experience of articulating and defining our purpose as an organization. Okay, very cool. Which was a really cool experience mm-hmm. to be a part of. Um, and I watched how articulating our values, our culture, mm-hmm. our purpose, and, and a few years later, our vision, how all of that really served to galvanize employees, mm-hmm. to get people stoked to contribute and to get people really thinking about their own values and how they align with that as the organization. Right. Um, so being a part of all that work started shifting me into this mindset of wanting to show up every day mm. with purpose, with intent. And and to be honest, as a mom, when I'm away from my tiny human for long periods of time, I want it to count. Oh, I said that to someone the other day around, it better be worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I totally, totally get that. That's exactly it. So I've, I've spent time exploring mine. I love supporting our employees and our teams in exploring theirs Mm -hmm. and personal purpose just feels, it feels like our life's work mm. to explore it. It doesn't mean you have to articulate it perfectly mm-hmm. immediately. For me, it's more around, and this is going to sound super cliche, but it's the journey, right? It's the, <laughs> it's being in the process yeah. of becoming aware of who you are and mm-hmm. what you're here to do. Well, I mean, I think a lot about that around this idea about journey and, you know, I, I don't think it's a cliche. I think we're all, whether I think some of us get it, and so then we, we speak that way and we live and breathe that, and some of us aren't, aren't there yet in terms of getting it, and that's okay too, yeah. but that really, we're born, we've got stuff that we're going to do, 
it is a journey until it stops. And so what you choose to do with that and how you choose to take in information and learn and then what you choose to put out, um, I'm fascinated by those ideas. And so I I actually quite love the the word of journey versus sort of... um, goals are you need to get there like yeah. you know and so it's not a destination not, yeah and so you see a lot of literature and language around that um and you know culturally speaking for for my upbringing was destination like you're right. gonna do this you're gonna do this you're gonna do this and then now being in this world where no it's okay if i'm just figuring it out or it's that it's a journey um so i'd love for you to speak a little bit more about that when you when you think about journey and and connection to personal yeah and your organization or the other work that you do yeah. Um, well, one of the sort of the base for me of all of this is, is I think we're sort of born into this world. This is a deep personal belief coming out now, okay. but we're <laughs> born into this world as this flame, as this light, as this version of us mm-hmm. that, that is totally us and life happens. Um, shit happens. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yes. Here? Okay. Totally. <laughs> shit happens. There's trauma you know, society happens, there's institutional programming and, um, I'm not saying it's all malicious, but your experiences then start to form you and they pile Mm -hmm. certain beliefs and, uh, judgments and expectations of yourself on top of you. And I feel like purpose is really this journey of peeling off the layers and exploring, what's underneath and finding the common threads in what you're doing. Um, and my career has been this really interesting path, which is very seemingly divergent and all over the place. But for me, so much of it is really connected. Mm-hmm. And when you say, I, I was visualizing as you were talking, um, it's an analogy, I guess, that you sort of articulated. And it's really beautiful in terms of almost like, you know, like you said, light or flame we're born raw mm. and of course when we're young and growing uh, there's all this stuff happening to us good or or if your lens is good or bad or however you want to look at it and then at some point there's this or maybe an awakening or this sort of conscious okay i maybe i want to unpack some of this yeah um, and then the fact that you said threads mm. i think that's really beautiful because there then you're choosing to connect um different paths that you're taking in your life with uh, connection and and maybe purpose. Is yeah, that, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I I feel like the thread is is an indicator of purpose, mm. right? If it isn't purpose itself, yeah, I haven't maybe, actually right? thought about that. Before. <laughs> How far can we take that word and dissect it? Yeah, <laughs> let's turn. Let's just take this metaphor and turn it into a thing. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> well, and when you talk about purpose and thread, um, outside of the work that you do um, in terms of managing the employee experience um, unit or team, yeah. Um, there's other work that you do. Yeah. And so do you want to step into that and talk about purpose or do you want to stay sure. with? Yeah, we can talk. Well, we can talk about both. I, I, I want to make a confession. First, I'm a recovering accountant. Oh, are you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love how you said recovering. <laughs> uh, and how long, how long were you an accountant for? I was an accountant for um, seven years. Okay. And I worked, uh, I worked in hospitality then I worked in uh, a small accounting firm. Okay. And then I worked for one of the big four. And I left okay. without prospects. I, I didn't table flip or rage quit, but I, I walked out <laughs> without um, next steps. Uh, and that's unusual for me, especially as a risk averse, you know, former accountant. 
I'm kidding. Um, was about the balance sheet was not <laughs> balance sheet was not adding up. And that's interesting. That's and why a good accountant joke? Good job. <laughs> and that's interesting in terms of um, you being self-proclaimed in terms of being risk adverse. Yeah. Uh, and really, like, yeah, it's an accountant. I mean, everything's got to be balanced. Yeah. And so, what what drew you to leave? It was it was my body was telling me oh. that it was wrong. Um, I, I think I tried to silence parts of my body. My, my stomach was having poor reactions. I was mm. super emotional. I, um, I cried quite a bit before going to work. Oh, really? Yeah. So my, uh, my husband said, he's like, sweetheart, this is real life. You mm-hmm. need to figure out if this is what you want to do right. or not, because it doesn't seem like it's serving you and you need to make some decisions. Yeah. And, it was uh, it, it was a really big decision to make, um, especially because I had gone to school for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt really invested. Um, my father was worked for CGA. Uh, okay, so it was in the family. As it well. was in the family. Mm-hmm. It was um, yeah, just the and and I was really 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 good at math. Okay, there you go. See, and I am not. <laughs> so this idea of accounting, um, my background is in human resources, and I always joke it's because I can't do math. So that's interesting. And um, when you talk about raw, the, the flame analogy, yeah. and sort of experiences and, and um, family influence and those Absolutely. kinds of things. So you had sort of this path that might have already been set for you that you ended up following, as well as recognizing your own strength. Like, Matt, you're good at math. Okay, yeah. so my, my dad's an, uh, an accountant as well. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. And then your somatic line kicks in, yeah. telling you something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and a life partner that's like, okay, look, if you're crying every day, maybe you need to like... <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> totally. All right, so then you left. And so then what happened? I did. And it's interesting. You, you touched on an interesting point there when you said uh, math being a strength, because I actually think it's a skill. Okay. I feel strengths are something different. I like okay. how Marcus Buckingham describes or defines a strength and a strength is an activity that makes you feel strong. I think that, uh, it's, it's something that both lights you up and that you're great at and you need both of those things for it to be a strength. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, math was a skill. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. My recruitment mind is kicked in now in terms of when we're posting positions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're looking at what you're, exactly. what you're hiring for. Does this light you up yeah. and are you good at it? Totally. Okay. Let's do more of that. Let's do more of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then you, you had the skill, you had that life not working for you, you yeah. leave. Yeah. And then what happens? I, I went into, just to use another metaphor, uh, a chrysalis. So I basically covered myself in blankets and uh, tea and books and so my mother-in-law gave me this book called The Birth House by Amy McKay and it's about um, a woman who sort of was a rogue midwife okay. in eastern Canada in I believe it was the 40s. This is a fiction book? Fiction book. Oh, okay. Um, it really feels like it's not fiction, though. It's so beautifully written. Very <laughs> like, cool. this is real life. Um, and I had convinced myself after reading this that uh, after being in this sort of hyper-competitive, what I felt was a toxic work mm-hmm. environment, I needed to go the opposite direction right. and do something where I was like with people, connected deeply with people, not looking at numbers. I was um, physically supporting people through really important times in their lives Mm -hmm. and it's like okay I'm gonna be a midwife that's what I'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) 
This was this was like a week later. FYI. <laughs> and did it happen? No. So oh, I okay. I had a I had a coach, uh, an amazing life coach at the time, and she said she's like, you know, I really like how you're super gung ho for this, but why don't you try being a doula first? Okay. Uh, and a doula is a birth coach. So whereas a midwife is a very clinical care role. Okay. Um, like a doctor, okay. the the doula is is, um, is more of an empowerment coach. Okay, so and definitely different than from what you described. Different roles. When I was about to ask you, so thank you for the clarity. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so and, and the difference is midwives require significant training. Okay. It's hard to get into. Sure. Um, she said, just try being a doula first. See if you like mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I did. I went. I went through a weekend training. Um, at Douglas College, and I, I just fell in love with cool. with the coaching mm-hmm. aspect of it, of the empowerment aspect of mm-hmm. it, of providing dignity and care mm-hmm. to people in this incredibly um, important time of their lives. Yeah. Um, and where was I going to go with that? Nope, it's gone. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ended up going somewhere with it in my head. Uh, so you leave, you leave being an accountant... Um, possibly, and correct me if I'm wrong, with this idea that it, it your, pur- you know, your purpose. There was something missing there, and so you leave that and discover maybe I'm going to be a doula. And, and so you talked about coaching, and so I'm right. curious about that connection to your purpose. Right, right. So it's uh, um, the the coaching piece really stood out for me with being a doula and the the empowerment piece and it really cemented for me that I need to be in a place in an organization mm-hmm. that has values that I align with mm-hmm. and that I can I can operate as myself totally. within um, and the there's this connection for me uh, I I have another confession to make I secretly love doing personal taxes <laughs> Own it. Own it. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Just going to say it. I love doing it and I volunteer to do people's at work and they're like, you're crazy. And I say, I know, but I love, I love this like insight into people's lives and this, this curiosity, like Mm. where people spend their money is actually a really interesting view into their lives. Um, It's feeding a different part of your soul. It does. It's all all good. I get that. And, and you can sort of, there is an opportunity to coach them and, Mm. and help them, you know, make better choices with money and, um, support them in, in meeting goals and, and to celebrate a little bit of, you know, yeah, I get some back after this. I didn't know I could get some back. Um, but but really it's more it's more that it was the spending time with people and getting to know them mm. so that I could have a relationship with them right um so that that part carried over from my accounting days and then the switch to deeply connecting with people mm. in in this beautiful journey that they're on around becoming a family or right. a mother or father um and then that shifted to, um, I, I, I sort of realized that doula work lit me up in a way that, that my other work can't to be, to be honest, it it just, it's grounding, it's earthy, it's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, but I still needed something else. Um, and that led me to, to seek work at an organization where I aligned with its values They hadn't actually been articulated when I landed at Arcteryx. Okay. Um, but 
it was in the air. Right. Like I could, I could feel it. Okay. Uh, and then after going through this process of articulation, I, I started to really realize that what I did aligned mm-hmm. or what I wanted to do aligned. Right. And then did the process happen um, when you joined or was it already in place, the process around um, uh, figuring out sort of mission and, and purpose and, and the, did the, the, the be- your beautiful worlds collide and you were, because you said you were part not of the Not right away. Oh, not right away. Not right okay. away. It was, uh, it was about three years in Okay. that it started to happen. Okay. Yeah. And I think what I find fascinating is the idea around um, purpose and how um, at some point in your journey, uh, you, you knew what you were looking for and what was important to you in terms of, if you use the word values. Absolutely. And so that drew you to Arcteryx in terms of, okay, there's Absolutely. something here in terms of a vibe, um, sometimes not tangible, yeah. and sometimes values aren't. You know, sometimes yeah. it's hard to, you can articulate them in their words, but the feeling. Yeah. Um, so that drew you there. Yeah. So you're there now. Yeah, and it uh, it was the the process that the organization went through mirrored my own quite nicely. Okay, interesting. Because it it didn't I didn't have words to articulate why I joined the okay. company, mm-hmm. um, and when it started becoming clear to me that that there's this process of articulating your values mm-hmm. and what's important to you and what your purpose is, mm-hmm. I thought. Oh, why? Why don't I do that for myself? Like, what? What am I missing, or what am I not articulating that I could lean into further and or right. fully embrace? Yeah. And um, I love this idea of creating workplaces and work experiences where people feel safe to express the most significant or um, what am I trying to say? Where where people are safe to express themselves in their truest form. Totally. I love that idea. I think about, um, you know, we're human, period. Yeah. And so, and we have lives and our lives include work. And so when you step into a formal office, your life is with you. It is. So, you know, the, what, what could be shared, you know, depending on comfort and whether you call it psychological safety or whatever the case might be, if you're in a work environment where oftentimes people are there for seven, eight, nine, ten, who knows how many hours. Yeah. And so regardless, if that's the culture, that, that's totally cool. But being able to provide this space where you can be human and share and feel connected, um, I think is quite beautiful. Agreed. And, and so it sounds like the work that you're doing in terms of employee experience is, is, is well, you said it, that's, that's what you're hoping to accomplish or that, that's the sort of journey that you're on right now. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How long have you been there for? Uh, six years now. Six years. Okay. And so what type of work are you doing now that you're most excited about when it comes to Ooh. purpose and employee experience? So my, my, one of the views I like, and it, it, it echoes, um, the, the work of Marcus Buckingham mm-hmm. again, um, is, is that your purpose is really to take your strengths and express them Mm -hmm. to the world and to live in your strengths to contribute um i don't think that's a quote but sort of paraphrased conceptually yeah Yeah. and i think the the concept around um it's a it's a it it could be depending on the organization it's a different concept when you look at um what you're good at what you want to do what you want to accomplish um formal performance conversations coaching conversations whatever you want to call it 
in some organizations, it's um, there is still focus on this isn't going well. How do we fix it? Which is maybe still okay and, mm-hmm. and a time and place for that. But the work of Marcus Buckingham and the idea around strengths is interesting because it, it really goes to purpose and feeding your soul and, and owning what you're good at and knowing that you're good at it and that's why it makes you feel good. Yeah. And so maybe let's focus on that too. Yeah. And so that sounds like that's the work that you folks are doing now. In fact, it's more important to yeah. focus on the strengths than sure. it is yeah. on anything else because yeah. that's that's how you're going to get the most out of yourself and out of your people. Okay. Um, so my, the things that I love doing, and it, it's interesting, a number of things you've just touched on, we help people explore personal purpose. We've got a workshop and I cool. love leading that. Um, I lead a workshop on coaching conversations. Okay, great. <laughs> I lead a workshop on the standout, Marcus Buckingham's standout work. So right. helping people discover what strengths are first of all, mm-hmm. and then discover their own strengths so that they can help then start identifying mm-hmm. them in people around them and um, creating a strengths-based organization. Very cool. I'm curious about impact on those that you're working with. How, what, what have, what's the feedback been or for those that this might be new for them? Um, I think we see people very awake to what it actually means to be mm-hmm. in a strength. Mm-hmm. So people are having realizations that maybe they're not in the right job and that's sort of the the double-edged sword of it right you've got all these amazing people and people starting to realize they're not in the right role right and that's okay right like it's important to have those conversations absolutely and I think in terms of framework if you you if if that's something that's embraced um going in it's not a surprise so yes it's double-edged in terms of that but it's also that well we're about we're about purpose and so at the end of the day if you've discovered through this exercise or through this workshop that the role that you're in isn't a fit and, and possibly the organization, in a way, I, I, I would feel um, gratitude yeah. um, in terms of being somebody who opened, opened the door or the one who received the information to be like, okay, as opposed to just sticking it out. I mean, it's, it's almost like the opposite experience of what you had when you left. Like, yeah. if you're crying, okay, <laughs> this isn't working. And so now if you have an organization that's building uh, awareness and insights, that makes you realize you're not a fit here, but you're a fit there, or whatever the case might be. Yeah, that's a pretty cool place to be. Yeah, especially when we're 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 really looking at building that capacity and the leadership team as well mm-hmm. in in recognizing and uh, accepting of this sort of fluidity that happens mm-hmm. when people realize they're not in the right role. Okay, well, how do we shift this person into right. more meaningful work mm-hmm. for both them and for us? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing differences in confidence? Mm. I guess is the question I have. I I can speak from personal mm-hmm. experience here. The shift in my confidence in being able to t- articulate the things that make me feel strong is significant. Mm. I've been able to advocate for a complete career change. So when I joined Arcteryx, I was actually working as an analyst okay. on the sales team oh. because I wasn't scared of spreadsheets. <laughs> of course, that makes sense. <laughs> and it was a foot in the door, right? Um, and I then worked on the retail team doing inventory management, and I loved the the calls I got to do with the store managers and working with them on sustainability issues. And I was doing a lot of things outside of that analytical role. Mm. And I, it took this articulation of strengths, purpose, and the added piece for me of vision, which we haven't touched on yet, but I also think that's a really important key is right. creating visions for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
being able to articulate those and then start to advocate for the things that you actually want, it just opens up different doors. Right. And when you're in your strengths, you are more confident. You find your flow easier. You're more lit up all the time and, mm. and you're just operating at a higher level. Totally. And it seems like a no-brainer, but again, you don't know what you don't know until exactly. you're exposed to different lenses exactly. or different philosophies and, and that kind of thing. And it sounds amazing that your journey was one where... Um, whether it's an articulation of strengths or not, that that's where it ended up leading you, and then you being in you living and breathing, not knowing maybe what your strengths were, or yeah. thinking you had the skill and that's what your purpose is, yeah. and it becoming totally not that, yeah. and then you being able to take that experience and then share that with folks in your organization and helping them with that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Turns out one of my strengths is facilitation <laughs> see now you know that that's awesome I love that and I like the idea around um, individual purpose mm. and you said vi- uh, you said visions mm. and um, maybe we can touch on that a little bit because mm-hmm. I love the fact that it wasn't one vision I don't know if that's where you were going or not but if you wouldn't mind yeah I think well I think um, vision can be I think it's important to be able to create a vision for yourself I think you need to be able to create one at 10 years out, and I think you need to be able to create one at 20 years out. Mm. And then I think you need to be able to work back and look at what am I doing five years from now, three years from now, one year from now that leads into this. Right. Um, and it is possible that they shift. I mean, they, they are likely mm-hmm. going to shift, but when you're believing in that best possible mm-hmm. future for yourself, it's, it's a much more pleasant perspective to operate (laughs) from it's just it it gives you this lens and this perspective on what you're achieving and what it is you want to get after right um it's it's setting yourself up to work towards something good and greater than current absolutely i had um my first manager had said to me once um well not once but it was part of her her language and she said you know what's the beacon at the end of the day and she was using it in the sense of it as an HR team yeah but this was age 17 years ago and I'm sharing that sharing that now because it was a word and an idea that has stuck with me um, and then now in terms of language I think of um, what's that big audacious goal like there's BHAG, that, big yeah, hairy yeah. audacious goals yeah, yeah. So I was thinking of that when you said the 10 and the 20 because I think you're right that at the end of the day it's that's where I want to be at that's what I sort of I'm, I'm going towards recognizing that the incremental steps and circumstances might change, but it sounds like what you're saying is having that th- that 10 year, 20 year vision of what you're wanting to shape your life into uh, is important. Yeah. Is that safe to say? That yeah, absolutely. That's the idea. Yeah. And then sort of how you roll with the punches. Okay, yeah, life happens, shit happens, and so what's that going to look like? Yeah. But that having that is empowering. Is absolutely. That, yeah. It is. It's super empowering. And then your life and your vision of your future becomes big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when the waves hit or when things go wrong, they don't feel so big. Mm. Um, I had a, a teacher once who said that the correction for everything is expansion. That's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. I know I have goosebumps just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but this idea of always creating more space or a bigger vision so that whatever you're going through is just a part of it. Yeah. Right? That, but the word uh, mastery came to mind as mm. we were talking with this idea of um, an acceptance, acceptance mm-hmm. of this is the way it's going to wor- work and that's part of it. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard for 
a recovering perfectionist. You said you're a recovering accountant. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> They're very similar. <laughs> very similar. Yeah. So that's, um, but again, it's a mindset, right? Yeah. And a lens in terms of how you're choosing to, to live um, and uh, with a life of purpose or, or with purpose. And it's this, it's, it's this growth mindset. And mm-hmm. I like how you touched on mastery because for me, mastery is that beacon, right? Mm-hmm. It's that vision. It's what can I be 10 years from now knowing that here I am now. Yeah. The beginner or the expert rather in anything was once a beginner. Right. What do I need to do now to be the master Absolutely. in 10 years? Right. Yeah. And then, and then the connection to how it makes you feel. Yeah. You, when you, talked, you talked a lot about purpose and I think that's really beautiful in terms of we don't always have that. Like sometimes it and sometimes it's just very, it has to be very pragmatic because, you know, I, I need to pay my rent or whatever yeah. the case might be. And I get that in terms of different lives and different um, space that you're in. Uh, but maybe the 10 and 20 year vision is still that beacon so that you do what you need to in between. Absolutely. Find the threads that keep you going. Or Absolutely. If that thread is purpose. Um, and then just, just live. Absolutely. Yeah, and just live and see, see what that looks like and feels like at the end of the day. Absolutely. Hmm. So I'm curious in terms of ending thoughts. Can we go with that? Yes. Where would you like to end in terms of sharing your thoughts around purpose and intent and strengths and all the beautiful stuff you've just talked so about. So <laughs> many big things. Um, I think maybe um, for anyone listening, thinking about where to get started mm-hmm. on the journey, because it's can seem daunting, like, hey, let's discover your purpose. Uh, and I would rather say, give yourself an opportunity to explore it, because that exploration, the as, as we talked about this idea of even the confidence you gain from starting to articulate strengths mm. are are really powerful um, tools at any level right. of of career or or whatever right mm-hmm. any any stage of life um, and so thinking about this idea of purpose sort of being a combination of strengths the things that you're really good at mm-hmm. and the things that light you up and and that that you know in your body when you're on purpose. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a place to start. Yeah. Like listening to your body is a good place to start asking yourself what's important to me, mm-hmm. who are the people that I value or, or that I admire? What mm-hmm. do we have in common? Right. What are the things that light me up? When, when does time fly? Like, what am I doing that makes time fly? And these are mm-hmm. sort of things that. that can be indicators of, of what, what it is that lights you up. And then on the flip side of that, what are you procrastinating? <laughs> what are you avoiding? Right? What do you what yeah. do you feel totally drained when you're doing? And and those things are are not on purpose. And there's one other exercise that I found really powerful in in discovering my own. Mm-hmm. And it was looking at my defining leadership moments. Oh, okay. What are what are the things that I'm most proud of? Where do I feel like I really, really showed up? Right. When when are the moments in my past that I can look at and be like, that was me at my best. Mm-hmm. And they can be really good indicators yeah. of, of what you want to carry forward. Yeah. And passions can be indicators mm-hmm. of purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like their purpose is so much bigger. It's all mm. encompassing where, whereas passions are to me, they're, they're the little flames of indication yeah. that this, this is connected to your purpose. Yeah. Very cool. It's the, it's the part of the behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, um, 
I think I have to say goodbye. Okay. Um, I'll miss thank, you. <laughs> same. Thank you so much. This was so, it, it was honestly so enlightening and so wonderful to, to meet you and to have this conversation around mm. purpose. It was, it was great. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. 